We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Well, good afternoon. Thanks for coming along today for this uh, Wednesday edition of The Ride Home. Kathy's uh, taking the day off today, so I'll be with you here for these next two hours. And uh, do thank you for your time here with us. Well, today the nation bid farewell to George H.W. Bush in a very somber ceremony. Um, my hope is that you had an opportunity at some point to to peek into the funeral service. It was an outpouring of, of grief, of honor, to uh, send off one of the greats of the country, and uh, certainly the last of the great generation from World War II. Uh, the nation bade farewell today, on Wednesday, to George H. Walker Bush. He was the patriarch of one of the most consequential political dynasties, dynasties, of modern times and the president who presided oddly enough over the end of the cold war and the beginning of a new era of american dominance in the world it was a gorgeous ceremony bells tolled choirs sang and honor guard accompanied the coffin the nation's 41st president was remembered as a a kinder and gentler leader at a tumultuous moment when fortitude steered the country through storms at home and abroad and really whose essential decency set a standard for others to meet. His son, George Bush, uh, said this, when the history books are written, when the history books are written, they will say that George H.W. Bush was a great president of the United States. Here's George Bush uh, talking about uh, that as his dad aged, as his dad aged, he taught us how to grow with dignity and humor and kindness. As he aged, he taught us how to grow with dignity, humor, and kindness. And when the good Lord finally called, how to meet him with courage and with the joy of the promise of what lies ahead. One reason Dad knew how to die young is that he almost did it. Twice. When he was a teenager, a staph infection nearly took his life. A few years later, he was alone in the Pacific on a life raft praying that his rescuers would find him before the enemy did. God answered those prayers. It turned out he had other plans for George H.W. Bush. For Dad's part, I think those brushes with death made him cherish the gift of life, and he vowed to live every day to the fullest. Dad was always busy, a man in constant motion, but never too busy to share his love of life with those around him. He taught us to love the outdoors. He loved watching dogs flush a covey. He loved landing the elusive striper. And once confined to a wheelchair, he seemed happiest sitting in his favorite perch on the back porch at Walker's Point, contemplating the majesty of the Atlantic. 
The horizons he saw were bright and hopeful. He was a genuinely optimistic man. And that optimism guided his children and made each of us believe that anything was possible. Amen to that, that anything was possible. The elder Mr. Bush, who died on Friday at the age of 94 after years of struggling with a form of Parkinson's, his coffin draped in a flag was taken after the service to the Joint Base Andrews outside of Washington, where it was loaded aboard one of the blue and white presidential jets for a final flight home to Texas. There will be a, another service tomorrow. Um, as dignified and as somber as this service was today at the nation's capital, uh, tomorrow's service will be different. The Oak Ridge Boys will be there. Reba McIntyre will also perform. It will have a different tone, a different flavor, certainly a Texas tone. As the uh, the show goes on here today, we'll play other clips of what happened today in the nation's capital in honor of George Herbert Walker Bush. But this was a day of history, truly. Uh, a day, once again, where former presidents gathered in the front row. President uh, Trump himself with his wife, along with President Obama and his wife, Michelle, President Clinton and Hillary Clinton. It was good to see Jimmy Carter and Rosalind Carter as well, all together in a rare and wonderful display of power and democracy in action, all together and praising God at the National Cathedral. Truly a wonderful day. Hey, we've got a good show for you today as uh, this day unfolds. You know, uh, it's a shame that Kath isn't here because um, – we're going to talk with Aaron Hawley, who is a wife and a mom and a very deeply engaged lawyer at the highest level. She's going to talk about uh, what it is when moms lose their identity uh, from firsthand experience, I'm sure. Dean Weaver is also with us during the 5 o'clock hour. And uh, Dean has a very particular role at Grove City College. He'll talk about that as well as many other things about surviving the holidays from a pastor's perspective. That is... And much more. It's the ride home. Here with John and Kathy, Sans Kath on this Wednesday edition. Stay with us, please. WORD. Your station for leading the way with Dr. Michael Youssef. Be continuously filled with the Holy Spirit. It's not a suggestion. It's not a recommendation. It is a command. What does that mean? It means that you cannot daily obey the Word of God and the command of God and the will of God in your life without constantly being filled with the Holy Spirit. Join Dr. Michael Youssef this week on Leading the Way. Tomorrow morning at 6.30 on 101.5 WORD. Don't be at a disadvantage when it comes to your Medicare coverage. The 2018 Donut Hole is closing fast. Open enrollment ends December 7th, and you have some important decisions to make today. Medicare is confusing. Todd Marley and the experts at Marley Financial know you have questions, and they have the answers you're looking for. Before you lock in for another year, are you sure you're getting the best coverage possible? Visit MarleyFG.com and find out for yourself. Do you hold Pat for 2019? Has your Advantage plan changed terms on you? What premiums are going up next year and by how much? Should you switch your Part D prescription plan or drop it altogether? 
Don't go it alone. Let Marley Financial steer you to a comprehensive solution that lets you access any hospital or doctor you want. A plan that focuses not just on cost, but quality, with lower deductibles and co-pays that are little to none. Why get stuck paying thousands in out-of-pocket expenses? Visit MarleyFG.com today. That's MarleyFG.com. If you're drowning in IRS debt and can't afford to pay, then you need to take advantage of special IRS tax programs that are available and free yourself from IRS collection efforts once and for all. Due to the financial hardship consumers are facing throughout the country, the Internal Revenue Service has made it easier to settle delinquent tax problems. An open phone line has been established by Community Tax for consumers to call and see if they qualify. Take down this number or store it in your cell phone, but call the Community Tax Helpline at 800-500-5588. If you owe back taxes to the IRS and cannot afford to pay them back, or even if you have years of unfiled tax returns, there's no need to fear anymore. But you have to call the Community Tax Helpline today at 800-500-5588 for the help that you need. Don't take on the IRS alone. They can attack your wages, savings, pension, home, and even your social security check. Call 800-500-5588. 588 for your free consultation and to see if you qualify. That's 800-500-5588. Word FM knows what our fan club members really want for Christmas. One you're actually allowed to have. You'll shoot your eye out, kid. Don't shoot your eye out. Enter our fan club Christmas giveaway at wordfm.com. Now through December 18th for a chance at great prizes, including $100 gift cards to popular retailers and more, with multiple ways to increase your chance to win a gift for yourself or someone you love. The fan club Christmas giveaway at wordfm.com. We've been talking about Advent this week. Of course, uh, Advent officially became underway this past Sunday, the first Sunday of Advent. Eric Andre is with us. Pastor Andre joins us from Lutheran Student Fellowship of Pittsburgh. He also is the associate pastor for campus ministry and uh, at First Trinity Evangelical Lutheran Church in the Oakland neighborhood, and here to talk to us about the preparation and the proclamation of Advent. Pastor Andre, welcome back. How are you today? I'm doing well, John. How are you? Real good, thanks. Thanks as always. Always a good pleasure to have you with us. So uh, the preparation, the proclamation of Advent, obviously as a pastor and uh, guiding students through the Advent season, you've been preparing for some time for Advent, haven't you? Well, yeah, you could say so. There's a preparation for the preparation, right? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's in full swing now, uh, of course, in, in, in terms of the, the world and our culture and our consumerism, uh in a sense, there there is no Advent. I mean, I think uh, I'm, I'm preaching this evening at our 7 o'clock service. We have 7 o'clock Wednesday evening services throughout Advent. And uh, one of the things I'm asking the f- people in my sermon is, when did Christmas start this year? Because oh, yeah. it seems like, you know, e- even before all the uh, black and orange was uh, out of the stores from Halloween, we already had in there almost at the same time the, the red, white, and green of, of Christmas uh, stuff. So. Right. But Eric, you bring up a really good point. This, yeah. this is not necessarily Christmas season. This is the Advent season. There is a distinct difference. Yeah, there is. And I mean, Advent, you know, and it's, the, the history of Advent is really, really interesting. Uh, in the 5th century, late 5th century, it was established as a 40-day fast, very similar to Lent as a preparation for Easter. It was established as a 40-day fast uh, within the church at Gaul, so, you know, modern-day France. 
it didn't come to Rome. It wasn't established in Rome until a century or two later. But they had really distinct emphases. The, the one in Gaul was more penitential, more somber, more like Lent. And the season of Advent out of Rome was more a joyful preparation, uh, focusing on the nativity of our Lord with, with Christmas and this joyful anticipation. And I think what we have today in Advent is kind of a, a paradoxical combination of the two, which I, which I think is wonderful. It's something that we should hold in tension. It's really the, the joy of repentance, if you will, is really what the Christian life is about. And that's, in a sense, what the season of Advent is about. It's not a, you know, we're not, we're not down in Advent, but we do take the time not to hurry things along. I think most of the world, by the time it gets to actual Christmas Day, is almost burnt out on, on, on the gifts and the wrappings and the Christmas carols that have been playing for six weeks or more. Uh, but then the church just gets started because it's been preparing penitentially, but paradoxically joyfully, uh, to hear the message of the birth of Christ that, that came in the past, to receive him as he comes to us now in word and sacrament, and to look forward in anticipation to his return in the future in glory. So, Eric, then as, as a practical means, as you talk to the students this evening on campus at the University of Pittsburgh and Carnegie Mellon and all throughout the Oakland Corridor, just as a practical preparation, what does that look like to actually prepare? What steps are necessary to prepare as we move forward in Advent? Yeah, you know, I think that's, that's an excellent question. Uh, certainly, uh, fasting, abstaining from certain foods or other things, uh, as we might do in Lent, is, is a proper preparation. In a Lutheran church, as I serve, fasting is, is a free thing. I mean, by free, I mean it's up to each individual Christian uh, how that discipline aids them. Uh, so, uh, you know, there, there's a good deal of Christian liberty in that, but fasting is certainly good preparation. Uh, attending additional worship. So a lot of Lutheran churches and a lot of other churches will offer additional worship opportunities in Advent. So we have evening prayer, like I said, every Wednesday night. Um, and, and simply, again, just slowing things down. Uh, you know, maybe a fast from the Christmas carols until later this month. Uh, you know, may, maybe not buying into the consumeristic culture and the, and the hush, I mean, and the, the rush of the season, but instead the hush of the season. Slow down a little bit. Take, take, take some more time with things. Take some more time with friends and family and the church and certainly prayer. Be, be more intentional about setting aside time for prayer. But I would say above all, the preparation is not nearly so much about what we do or what we can do. It's about what God does. Uh, and, and what God does is, as always, he speaks his word of the law to us, which condemns us in our sin, and so that we are therefore repentant because of that word of the law. But with that repentance, that prepares us to hear the good news of joy, the gospel of the forgiveness of sins. And so the preparation, and that's the proclamation part. Yes. So it's a season of preparation and proclamation that belong together. The proclamation of the church, the proclamation of scripture, the proclamation of our Lord in Advent, as always in a sense, is, is one of law and gospel, one of repentance and God's mercy and forgiveness. And that is really God's work. He does that to us as he speaks to us through scripture, through our Christian brothers and sisters, and through the church. Yes. So talk about that. Talk about the penance, about the about the confessional aspect. I mean, this is something I think a lot of Christians kind of pass by. Uh, confession used to be sort of a, a more of a mainstream 
act, I would, I guess the word would be, uh, an act of the Christian faith. Now we kind of do group confession. We sort of short shrift it in some way. But if we cannot or will not look at our own sins first, yeah. it certainly doesn't make the way clear for Christ's return. Right. Uh, you know, confession can take many forms, and I think that faith rejoices in all of those forms. And so, you know, if, if as Christ calls upon us in the Sermon on the Mount, if our brother has or our sister has something against us, go to them and be reconciled quickly before you come and give your gift at the altar. And I think broadly understood, that means be reconciled before you can pray together, worship together. You know, don't come in harboring evil thoughts against one another and pretend that it's unimportant yes. in our worship together. So be reconciled. And, you know, this is an excellent season for that when you think about it. How many families, I, I, I'm really blessed, we're really blessed in our family. We talked about this at Thanksgiving, that we don't really have any significant, you know, estranged family members or that kind of thing. But how many families do? Well, be reconciled. Take the season of Advent so you can maybe reconcile with that family member or that, that long-lost friend before, before Christmas comes. So reconciliation uh, interpersonally. But, of course, first and foremost, reconciliation with God. He's achieved that reconciliation already on the cross. And so let us come to him penitentially, humbly, confessingly, if you will, confess our sins to him in prayer. We can certainly do that personally and in private. We can also do it speaking to a brother and sister in Christ so that they can speak to us the comforting words of Scripture. And we can do it with a pastor. Uh, we can go to a pastor and have private confession and hear them pronounce to us the, the word of absolution, the word of forgiveness that, that is achieved already by Christ and, and delivered through that word today. I think people should be more intentional about that. We, it's very easy, in a sense, or maybe it's easy and hard, it's, it, to convince ourselves, to tell ourselves that we are forgiven, and that's true. But that, that word in our own mouth, it can be kind of more easily challenged. Yes. We start to wonder, am I really deserving this? Am I trying, is this really self-forgiveness or is this God's forgiveness? And the devil will sneak in and he'll tempt us to, to doubt it. But if we hear that word in the mouth of another person, it is strong and sure and comforting and gives true hope. Yes, but but also with that, you know, as we do know, as you're saying, that God has forgiven us, isn't there an intentionality in asking for forgiveness, examining yes. our sins, talking to a priest, yes. right, a pastor about our sins, and then receiving that that forgiveness? Yes. It's, it's so powerful. We, we can look at the Ten Commandments, for example, and various denominations have various, you know, uh, expansion, not expansions of the commandments, but explanations of them that help us dig beyond just the surface. So just to take, for example, you shall not murder. Well, most of us will say, well, I can check that one off. But have we really uh, never harmed anyone in their body physically? Or even more so, what about the sins of omission? Have we really helped the poor, the needy, the suffering, the ill? Have we visited all those in hospitals or those in prison? How much have we omitted? And we can kind of do that self-examination, and we'll find what's, what's missing in us. And then we can turn to the church's representatives. Not that they forgive us, but they are sort of, so to speak, the, the mouthpiece of God. They are God's megaphone to announce to us the good news. And, and I would encourage there, yes, an intentionality. And, and if you have a pastor, a priest, a minister that you can turn to for that, who is focused on the forgiveness and mercy of God, the unconditional mercy of God towards you, then cherish that. If you have one who heaps you know, guilt upon you, further guilt upon you with your confession, then find someone who rather speaks mercy. Because when you come truly penitent and humble, uh, what that pastor, what that priest, what that minister, or that brother and sister needs 
and Christ needs to proclaim is God's mercy, God's grace. Very nice. Pastor Eric Andre is with us. He, he joins us from Lutheran Student Fellowship of Pittsburgh, also First Trinity Evangelical Lutheran Church. Eric, you spend a lot of your ministry time with young adults, with students on the campuses. Can you talk about that? Um, you've been doing this for a, a measure of time now. And, of course, you know most of our listeners, unless you're actively engaged in the educational system, we are not there. Right. What are you witnessing? What's, what's it like to be face-to-face with students? I mean, you know, if, if you looked at the a media narrative, you would think of, you know, self-entitled brats who were on the <laughs> campus. You know, But I, I don't buy that, and I'm, my guess is you don't either as you engage on a regular basis. Well, John, you got a couple more hours, and I can give you an overview. But uh, in the few minutes, in the minutes we have remaining, uh, I don't think today's college student is any more self-entitled or bratty than the whole lot of us sinners. Yes, uh, thank you. You know, we are all, to a great extent, selfish and self-centered. That being said, uh, the caliber of student that I come across, and this is true, honestly, for those within and those without the church, they are intelligent. They are engaged, they're interested in what's going on in the world and the world around them. Um, they want to hear uh, discussions on meaning and purpose and truth. Uh, I mean, I've been doing this for 18 years, and there's, there's never a dull moment. There's never a boring day. Um, and, and I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm impressed by uh, today's student. And I, and I think I think one has to, and that's, that's the truth. I think that's objectively the truth, but that's also simply the mindset I've chose, chosen to, to adopt, because this is, so to speak, my parish. These are my people. Yes. Some of them know it, and some of them don't know it yet. <laughs> but that's why I'm out there on campus and, and, and proclaiming God's word of law and gospel and engaging people. And uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm impressed by today's student, um, and, and uh, it's, it's, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. Excellent. So reason to be optimistic about what's happening on the campuses. Okay, so Eric, before you leave us, just give us the practical thing. Give us something as we look at Advent and know the clear distinction between the Advent season and Christmas season. We have yet to yeah. touch the Christmas season. But, you know, the practical things of the, the confession, the repentance, yeah. the, the denial, the fasting, all that. There are certain things that can strengthen us. We want to be encouraged, engaged, equipped, excited by what lies ahead. I think the practices and disciplines that we can use during the Advent season, some of them we've already mentioned, additional worship, intentionality about prayer and confessing one's sins, fasting, but also having an Advent wreath. Uh, a lot of the families listening or individuals listening will know about that. Sure. If, if you don't, you know, Google it, but you can make a simple Advent wreath or buy one of greenery and four candles to mark each week that goes by and then put a big white candle in the middle that you can light uh, at Christmas and use that light to remind you of the light of the world. Use it and use all of these things. These things are, in a sense, only so good as they are attached to and sourced from and lead us back into the Word. Because, again, that's where God does His work. These are not so much things that we do, but practices and traditions and disciplines that, that so to speak, allows, us, allows, allows God to work on us. And so an Advent wreath is a good thing. Um, and so, yeah, I would just encourage intentionality and, and hold off a little bit on the, on the Christmas thing. Hold off a little bit on those carols, like I said. And, and that way, Christmas itself, you'll avoid kind of Christmas burnout before it already comes. And then Christmas itself, the, the day and the 12-day season of Christmas, will have all the more meaning and all the more exuberance and all the more joy when now we kind of join the ancient church again. We join God's waiting people 2,000 years ago, and now he is here 
and now he has arrived in the joy of that, and knowing also, an emphasis with the Advent season, that there's still yet more to come. He will come again in glory. So uh, I think those are some practical things that people, so to speak, can do, but through those, God does his work. Excellent. Now, Eric, um, you... You're not going to be with us now, and we'll see you sometime in the future after Christmas is over. I want to say to you as you exit, Merry Christmas, but maybe that's untoward. Maybe I should say Happy Advent to you, friend. Well, we can say a blessed Advent, and I wish you soon. I wish you to have a Merry Christmas when it arrives. Very nice. That's a yeah, And, John, if I can just mention briefly our Christmas services at First Trinity. Please do, yes. If listeners out there don't have a church home, we certainly would welcome you. As I mentioned, an Advent every Wednesday night at 7, and the Sunday's an Advent at 11 a.m., First Trinity here in Oakland, Shadyside. Christmas Eve at 7 p.m., and Christmas Day, 7.30 a.m. and 10 a.m. Those are our services. Very nice. Well, happy Advent to you, Eric. Thank you, John. Likewise to you, and give Kathy my best. My pleasure. Eric Andre, he is the pastor for Lutheran Student Fellowship of Pittsburgh, also First Trinity Evangelical Lutheran Church in the Oakland neighborhood here within the confines of the city of Pittsburgh. Hey, stick around, won't you please? From Focus on the Family, Aaron Hawley will be with us in just a few minutes talking about uh, what to do for a mother. Truth is timeless. At the Original Mattress Factory, our business philosophy is based on honesty and truth, and it never changes. Simply stated, we treat our customers the way we want to be treated ourselves. This means we treat people with respect, we educate rather than manipulate, and we offer genuine value and substantial savings, not simply by saying it, but by proving it with cutaways of our mattresses compared side-by-side with the mainstream brands. Stop by one of our store locations or visit us at OriginalMattress.com to see the OMF difference for yourself. Here at the Original Mattress Factory, we'd like to know, is it better to give or receive? One lucky winner in each of our markets will get to make that choice for themselves this Christmas. In the spirit of the season, we will be giving away a queen-size orthopedic luxury firm mattress set for each winner to either give to a loved one or receive for themselves. Visit any of our stores by December 18th to enter and for all official rules. No purchase is necessary to win, but eligibility restrictions do apply. May your holiday be merry and bright, and you always sleep tight. It's funny. I'll be on my deathbed on the kids. The kids. <laughs> I mean, really funny. That was a new one. You people laugh at him and it encourages him. Quit laughing at him. And it's great for your marriage. The Ultimate Date Night is a two-hour marriage celebration like no other. You will laugh, sing fun songs, dance cheek-to-cheek, all while strengthening your marriage. Your hosts will be Jay and Laura LaFoon, who for 20 years have been using their unique form of marriage edutainment to help couples thrive. I did ask Laura about six months ago. I said, honey, when we first got married, you'd laugh at everything I would say. I could make you laugh in an instant. When did I go from amusing to annoying? At the altar. At the altar. The Ultimate Date Night with Jay and Laura LaFoon a marriage celebration even a man will enjoy. Word FM presents The Ultimate Date Night with Jay and Laura LaFoon, Friday, February 1st at Christ Church at Grove Farm. Tickets just $48 a pair. Special VIP package including dinner also available. Reserve now at wordfm.com slash date night. Hey, just ask your delivery guy. Or the guy who built your delivery guy's house. Or the guy who laid the highway for the guy who built your delivery guy's house. Ford commercial vehicles can handle the job. During commercial vehicle season, save on Transit, Transit Connect, E-Series, Super Duty, and Medium Duty trucks. Ford trucks and vans. 
Year after year, America's best-selling line of commercial vehicles because they're built Ford Tough. Claim based on IHS market calendar year 1985 through 2017. U.S. tip registrations excluding registrations to individual seer dealer for details. Sylvania is always looking to improve their headlights to help people see farther and drive safer. So they developed their Silver Star Ultra headlights to have greater clarity and the brightest downroad visibility. So now you can see what you've been missing. Sylvania, think farther down the road. Downtown Irwin celebrates your sweet tooth. It's the annual Christmas cookie tour. This Friday, come to Main Street. Enjoy cookie samples, horse-drawn carriage rides, and see Santa at the Cheesecake Cafe. This Friday, discover Irwin, the biggest small town in Pennsylvania. Some snow and flurries around through early this evening, accumulating a coating to an inch. Watch for some slick spots. The rest of tonight, mostly cloudy, 25. Mostly cloudy tomorrow, high 36. Some snow late tomorrow into tomorrow night will accumulate a coating to an inch or two. Low tomorrow night, 23. Friday, perhaps a morning flurry. Then clouds break for some sun, high 30 degrees. I'm AccuWeather Meteorologist Danielle Niddle on 101.5 Word FM. The uh, funeral today for George Herbert Walker Bush. Bush, the father, was a deeply uh, compelling, a deeply compelling funeral. The, the pomp and circumstance, uh, one thing that the government knows how to do is to honor its fallen. When you see the pageantry of a soldier who was killed in battle and brought back and there is a funeral for that, that serviceman, there is a, a protocol and it is very strong and follows along a very rigid path of the proper proper actions to take. And such was the case today with honoring a fallen president, George Bush. You know, the, the beauty of it is, is that, you know, not since the, the Adams was there a father-son presidency. And to so see George Bush, number 44, I'm sorry, not 44, 43, um, to see the son honor the father and of course the younger george is very he's like his father emotional as well and at the very very end of the eulogy that he gave for his father he started to break up um and it was a very telling moment here's a clip of this in his inaugural address the 41st president of the united states said this we cannot hope only to leave our children a bigger car a bigger bank account We must hope to give them a sense of what it means to be a loyal friend, a loving parent, a citizen who leaves his home, his neighborhood, and town better than he found it. What do we want the men and women who work with us to say when we are no longer there? That we were more driven to succeed than anyone around us, or that we stopped to ask if a sick child had gotten better and stayed a moment there to trade a word of friendship. Well, Dad, we're going to remember you for exactly that and much more. And we're going to miss you. Your decency, sincerity, and kind soul will stay with us forever. So through our tears, let us know the blessings of knowing and loving you, a great and noble man, the best father a son or daughter could have. And in our grief, let us smile knowing that Dad is hugging Robin and holding mom's hand again. Now, beautiful. A son eulogizes a father, and clearly a very, very tight family. So the 
passing of the president here today and uh, this funeral that was held at the nation's capital. Hey, um, what are we doing here? Oh, yeah, just a little bit, a little bit of um, housekeeping here. You know, we're doing something here at the station called the uh, the Miracle Mortgage Sweepstakes. Have you heard this on the air? Uh, you go to wordfm.com. Uh, what we're offering is a grand prize winner. One grand prize winner will have their mortgage or their rent taken care of up to $1,250 per month for the coming year. That's nice. It's another perk for being a Word FM fan club member. Register at wordfm.com forward slash contest. Very nice. You get your mortgage taken care of for the for the next year. Wouldn't that be nice? Hey, um, PETA. Have you seen the uh, Have you seen the PETA list, Mike? Have you seen this? No. Yeah. What are you laughing about? I think I want to know. No. Come I'm on. T- why Why do you, Why do you say that? It's PETA. Yeah, because it's PETA. Well, okay. So um, I saw this last night. Uh, PETA is now asking people to use anti animal language. Oh my god. Anti animal language, and then so they they have a list of, you know, PETA on their website uh, says this that words matter. Of course they do. Words matter. And as our understanding of social justice evolves, our language evolves along with it. And so Pete is saying, here's how to remove speciesism. I didn't know that was a thing. Speciesism from your daily conversations. So here's a little list. of Five things here that uh, they've asked us to somehow to evolve in the way that we look at, speak of, talk about animals. So instead of saying killing two birds with one stone you know you said that yeah. right oh, right. Yeah. oh we killed two birds with one stone pete is now saying feed two birds with one scone <laughs> that's pretty good feed two birds with one like scone that. hey you know so he killed two birds with one stone well you know well you know he, he, feed, he fed two birds with one scone okay why not um how about this you know uh when we're doing experiments well you know that guy well he was the guinea pig so you want to be the guinea pig well we should instead now, according to Peter, say we should be the test tube. <laughs> okay, that's fine. Uh, look, now we all know this. Uh, uh, don't beat a dead horse. Oh, that we just—he was just—he beat a dead horse. Well, don't say that. Feed a fed horse. Feed. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Feed a fed horse. He's already fed. Beat a dead horse. He's uh, he's forty full. I mean, you know, if you allow a horse to feed, apparently they'll just keep on eating. So you don't want to feed a fed really? horse. Yeah. Feed a fed horse. Um, you know, when, when you go to work every day, at the end of the day, what do you do? You bring home the bacon. Yeah, it's, yeah baby. You're bringing home the bacon. Uh, well, now Pete is saying, don't bring home the bacon. Bring home the bagels. Okay? This is the, in an effort to be kind to animal species. Stop that now. Okay. <laughs> okay. If you want to take a, the bull by the horns, yeah, let, you know, let's be in charge here. Let's take a bull by the horns. Well, Pete is saying, don't say that. Uh, take the flower by the thorns. Oh, gosh. Okay, so Peter is uh, asking us to rearrange the way that we uh, speak of the speciesisms uh, amongst us. Bringing home the uh, the bacon, let's bring home the bagels. Take a, a quick break. We're going to come back in a few minutes from Focus on the Family. Erin uh, Hawley is going to join us. Uh, she's a. This is a, a conversation that really uh, is built in for Kath. And the odd thing is, Kath is not here today because she's taking care of family business. And that's what exactly what Erin Hawley is going to talk about. So stay with us. From Focus on the Family, wife and mom, Erin Hawley, in a few minutes.
101.5 WORD. Okay, everybody in the car. Where are we going, Daddy? On an adventure. Yay! Adventures in Odyssey. It's not just a kid's show. It's a show the whole family can enjoy. Listen on this station. Adventures in Odyssey, tonight at 8 on 101.5 Word FM, W-O-R-D. Hey, I'm Brant. So there's this guy named Jordan. He's a healthy guy. He's a dad of six, and he works as a guide in Alaska. And he goes to the doctor, true story, he goes to the doctor, and he's diagnosed with cancer stage four. And here's the thing. He had switched earlier from medical insurance to MediShare, where Christians share each other's medical bills. So the question for Jordan and his wife, Jenny, was, is this actually going to work? Our medical bills exceeded $160,000. MediShare members shared all our bills. And it was about more than just the money, too. This is a real community. MediShare is, is a family, a group of people that stick with you through the hardest times of your life. I just don't know how I could have done it without MediShare. It's so worth looking into. There's a reason this is growing so fast. So if you want to find out more, here is a number for you. 844-41-BIBLE. That's 844-41-B-I-B-L-E. So the only thing really keeping you from enrolling your children in Christian school is sports? Trinity Christian School answers that concern with boys soccer, girls volleyball, and track for boys and girls. A well-rounded Christian education with the sports opportunities you want? Now that sounds really good. Trinity Christian School, ranked among the top K-12 schools in Allegheny County at trinitychristian.net. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme gift ideas for everyone on your list. From annual favorites like remote starters to truck accessories, lift kits, weather check floor liners, tonneau covers, electronics, wheels and accessories, and more. Heard of Drone Mobile? Use your smartphone to control, secure, and even track your vehicle from anywhere in the world. Don't know what to get? Get a gift card. For an extreme selection of the year's most extreme gifts, visit Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville at ExtremeTruck.net. Everybody's making money at it except you. You're losing holiday business to your online competitors. Talk to us at Salem Surround, digital marketing experts who offer a free analysis of your online marketing effectiveness and suggest methods that could dramatically increase your sales coming out of this season. There are no limitations on where you can reach customers with Salem Surround, increasing sales dramatically. Learn more by logging on to surroundpittsburgh.com. That's surroundpittsburgh.com. Since childhood, Brooklyn has struggled with debilitating anxiety, but she found comfort on the radio. It was like every single time God was just telling me again, I'm here for you. And focus was that ministry he used to be that voice I needed in that exact moment of time. I'm Jim Daly. Give the gift of family to help more people like Brooklyn. And when you give today, your donation will be doubled. Call 800-A-FAMILY. Hey, thanks for coming along today. So my co-host, Kathy Emmons, is off today, attending to family business. You know, right? She's got rising up to the call, taking care of business. It's ironic because Aaron Hawley is with us. Aaron uh, is a wife a mom to two small boys, sometimes lawyer. She's also a, a law professor at the University of Missouri, a Yale-trained constitutional lawyer and a counsel attorney to one of the country's premier law firms. Uh, Aaron, uh, thanks for being with us today. 
Thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad to be here. Yeah, the pleasure's ours. So, you know, you heard me talk about my co-host is just like you. She's, you know, taking care of her family, but she also is working on the radio as well. She's off today taking care of family business, which essentially is what you talk about uh, in your brand new work. Uh, you've got a book out that just came out uh, in um, in late October. Uh, talk to us about this. Uh, living Beloved. How is it that you, I mean, you're a high-powered attorney working for a big law firm. You've essentially shut that down to care for your small kids. And I'm sure in many ways that's disruptive in a lot of ways, especially to your, maybe not push this too far, not essentially to your self-worth, but to who you are as a career person. Sure, sure, absolutely. So um, as you sort of suspect here that the transition to motherhood was a little challenging for me, as I think it is for a lot of women. Um, I had focused pretty exclusively on my career and and the different paths uh, that had taken me on and had really enjoyed my work and those sorts of things. Um, and then they send you home with this tiny baby and you don't really have an instruction manual. Yeah. Um, so you're not exactly sure what to do or if you're doing it correctly. And I found, at least for me, that I had transferred a lot of my sort of type A personality um, from my work uh, into being a mom, and that both of those avenues sort of of, of self-worth are ones that are ultimately uh, fruitless because we ultimately get our identity um, and worth from God in our relationship uh, as daughters. So that's uh, one of the, the things God has been teaching me through the challenge is to rely more on Him. Um, and uh, seeing my children and how they rely and depend on their parents has been a wonderful example of that. Excellent. So, so what's that like then to transfer those lawyer skills into mommy skills? And at the same time, uh, I would imagine there has to be some sort of um, what performance performance mentality, right? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so I think uh, if you're not careful, I think for all the moms, we can just transfer the performance mentality from one thing to another. Um, and so that, that, during that difficult transition, um, God really actually turned my eyes to my children um, and reminded me of the scriptures where God talks about, or Jesus actually talks about, the kingdom of heaven being made up of children. Um, and he tells us disciples that in order to inherit the kingdom, they must be, have to become um, like small children themselves. So thinking about that and what they look like, one thing that came to mind is just how dependent children are on their parents, and if they're comfortable with that dependency, and I think if we're honest with ourselves, that really is the state we find ourselves in. We're dependent on God for everything, um, though we often try, at least I do, to sort of take control and and use our performance um, to to get things done, when in reality we do depend on Him, um, and acknowledging that I think both pleases His heart and then just draws us into closer relationship uh, with Him. So that's something my kids have taught me. Aaron Hall is with us. Her brand new work is called Living Beloved. So, Aaron, you know, uh, as you're with your kids, and of course, uh, little kids are always asking all the time, right? I mean, they're asking for the moon and beyond what what you would consider to be, you know, outrageous requests. And, and you talk about that in, in Living Beloved, about the way that your kids ask for these outrageous requests. But at the same time, you know, we as believers, we're talking to God and we're making those same crazy out, outrageous requests, although God might not think they're so crazy anyway. Yeah, absolutely. So one of my favorite memories was when um, our oldest boy was maybe two and a half, and we were coming home from uh, his aunt and papa's from a visit, um, and it was a late summer evening, and he got out of the car and saw the move. And this was a huge deal for him, because the first time was so early uh, at that point that he hadn't really 
I see the moon before, I hadn't remembered it anyway. And so he, he saw the moon and he looked at the moon and just was in awe and he jumps, his little, you know, funny toddler jumps where he don't really get off the ground and jumps and jumps and jumps and couldn't get it and obviously so then he was exasperated. Um, so it just turns to me and says, Mom, I can't get it. Will you get it for me? Hmm. And I just love that example that he not only, you know, thought I could get them in for him, um, but would. And I think we see in that sort of outrageous request how how God wants us to approach him. He wants us- Aaron, hey, you know, uh, sorry, uh, you're breaking up really bad. I, I think this cell coverage is just really uh, not working here today. So, listen, we appreciate you being with us. Aaron Hawley, Living Beloved is her work. And uh, really, it's a fine piece from Focus on the Family. We'll take a quick break, come back. We've got lots more. It's the Ride Home with John and Kathy here on a Wednesday afternoon. Stay with us. For most of us, it's hard to even look at. We've all seen images of a hungry child. She can barely move because that hunger has left her exhausted, lifeless. There's a name for this. It's severe acute malnutrition. Save the Children works in poor areas and cares for the child you're thinking of right now. But they can't do it without you. Your $60 gift to Save the Children can provide the emergency nutrition needed to bring a child back from the verge of death. We've just received the news that your gift to Save the Children will now be doubled. That's right. Thanks to a generous private donor, every life-saving dollar you give will double to change the lives of children. Please call Save the Children right now. 888-884-4836. 888-884-4836. That's 888 888- Eight eight four four eight three six. You can give online at savechildrentoday.org. Here at the Original Mattress Factory, we'd like to know, is it better to give or receive? One lucky winner in each of our markets will get to make that choice for themselves this Christmas. In the spirit of the season, we will be giving away a queen-size orthopedic luxury firm mattress set for each winner to either give to a loved one or receive for themselves. Visit any of our stores by December 18th to enter and for all official rules. No purchase is necessary to win, but eligibility restrictions do apply. May your holiday be merry and bright, and you always sleep tight. The Forevermark Diamond Tribute Collection. For your courage, passion, determination, for your tenderness, spirit, and the way you love. For all that you are, the Forevermark Tribute Collection. A diamond for each of your qualities. Forevermark. Beautiful, rare, responsibly sourced. Explore the Forevermark Tribute Collection at Trinity Jewelers Mount Nebo Road. Visit trinityjewelers.com. She just made me feel so comfortable, and I've been going to her ever since. After avoiding the dentist for years, an emergency led Pamela to Dr. Megan Stock. She made me feel very much at ease. She didn't make me feel shameful about the condition of my teeth, and she was just very easy to talk to. She not only found a dentist, she found a friend. I am confident that when I'm finished that I'm going to have a bright, beautiful smile, which I really wanted to have for a long time. Perry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. If you had 
to replace everything in your fridge today, how much would it cost? For a restaurant or church, that could mean thousands in lost product and downtime. That's when you call Ventec Refrigeration. When your walk-in goes down, Ventec will be there on the spot fast with portable units to save valuable product. And they'll even move it for you while repairs are made with flat rate pricing instead of hourly fees. A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau. Keep your cool with Ventec Refrigeration. 412-793-0661. Yesterday we were talking about the uh, Steeler fan who was... Uh, choking a pregnant San Diego, Los Angeles Chargers fan at Sunday night's football game. So uh, it's not been a good week for the reputation of the uh, Steeler fan base. Adam Bittner writes in today's PG, he says this, by now you've probably seen a couple of disturbing videos on social media showing confrontations in the stands during the game. Uh, One involved only Steeler fans, the other pitted Steeler fans against a couple uh, apparently a, a pregnant woman dressed in Chargers gear. Now, Adam Bittner writes this, it's easy to dismiss such incidents as commonplace around the NFL. Similar videos rise to national prominence all the time. We'll probably see a handful more from other stadiums between now and the end of the season. So it's important not to jump to conclusions and label Steelers crowds as a unique problem. That being said, we know that attendance for night games has lagged behind draws for other kickoff times for years. Team owner Art Rooney II brought it up in the offseason, and back in September, the Post-Gazette found that an average of 59,000 people attended games with prime-time kickoffs between 2013 and 2017. A total of 61,000 attended the L.A. game. Both numbers are well less than the stadium's official capacity of 68,000 people. Now, as a side note uh, about Steeler violence uh, at, at the games, at the home games, um, my brother-in-law, I've got a brother-in-law who lives in Aberdeen, South Dakota, of all places, and he's got a brother. So uh, these two two boys grew up in Aberdeen, South Dakota, and uh, of course, there's no pro football team in Aberdeen, South Dakota. So the, the two brothers who loved football at an early age chose their favorite teams. Now, my brother-in-law's brother had the good sense to choose the Steelers. Amen. My brother-in-law foolish fool, chose the Cleveland Browns as his favorite team. So a few years ago, it's been a while, at least five years, he uh, he called me up and said, hey, hey, I won a, a contest with my company, and um, I'm going um, to come to Pittsburgh because I've got tickets to the, the Browns-Cleveland game. You want to go with me? So I was like, yeah, sure, I'd love to go. So he flew in, him and, you know, him and my sister-in-law, and they spent a couple of days. And on that Sunday, we made our way down to, uh, to Heinz Field. Now, unfortunately, as a Cleveland Browns fanatic, as we're getting ready to leave my house, he put on a Cleveland Browns leather coat and a Cleveland Browns ball cap. And I was like... Dan, I don't think you want to do that. that. That might just not be a good move, you know? And he was like, no, no, no. I, I love the Browns. I want to show my team spirit. So we drove down to P- to Heinz Field. We start making our way from the parking lot into Heinz Field. I mean, we were, we were maybe, we were maybe 10 yards away from our parked car. And when you know it, some wackadoodle comes up and gets in my brother-in-law's face and it just continued on. I remember we went into the, I mean, people were throwing beer at my brother-in-law. They were shouting profanities at my brother-in-law. Uh, the worst thing that happened 
was that the Steelers lost that day to the Browns, which only compounded things. I mean, the entire game, it was one sort of cacophony of insult after another. It was not a positive experience. So there was no violence. It was just certainly was uncomfortable, and it really clearly was not a good time for me. For my brother-in-law, he kind of took it at face value, and he was glad the Browns won. Mike, what about you? Any experience like that at Heinz uh, Field with the Steelers? Not at not at it's not at the Steelers game during the game. No, I two years ago I went to the Steelers Colts game. It was a, it was a night game, and I didn't see any any violence at all. Excellent. But when Good. we were when we were going home, we took the tea home, and my wife was two months pregnant at the time. So we're leaving. We got onto the tea, and uh, we were we were the first group into the tea. And all of a sudden, more people started to compile in. And at one point, it got so crowded that gets thick. where it, it was just like bumper to bumper. Per- sure, people like a New York City subway. Yeah, exactly. Well, a commotion broke out. And next thing I know, there's a fight. And my here I am with my with my pregnant wife. Pre- on early, the subway, a fight breaks out. On the subway, out. a fight right. breaks out. And, and I'm, I don't know. I don't know what to do. I, I couldn't leave. Because I was so bogged, I was like, I was cramped in there, I couldn't leave. That's pretty much like the only, only Steeler violence, Steeler violence that I've ever witnessed. Yeah. I mean, but that's, I feel like that's, at, we can't really just say, oh, that just happens at the Steelers game because that happens no, everywhere. No, no. I mean, and you really can't. Yeah, the, the guy po- choked out a, a pregnant woman, and that that's awful. It's horrific. Uh, but then you have the, you know, the. I remember five years ago. This is f- maybe like five or six years ago. I remember the uh, Phillies fan puked. On a little girl, on purpose. Oh my gosh, um, it's it's sad. Yeah, uh, I just organized sports. I mean, is. I remember years ago when I lived in New York City. Uh, a buddy of mine was a Yankees fan. No, he was a Mets fan, and uh, th- this was back in the eighties. And of course, I'm a Pirate fan, so it was the Pirates yeah. versus the Mets. I showed up, and I had my bu- my Buck hat, my Pirate hat on. Of course, you did. Oh, it was stupid. <laughs> I mean, that was I. I had to take it off. I had to. I had to leave the section that I was in, and. Be- and of course, both the Mets I mean, the Mets were a superior team to the Pirates in the mid '80s when I was living there. Yeah. They were just superior. There was no doubt about it. They had won the World Series, you know, when I, when I was living there. And the Pirates they began that that odious twenty plus consecutive years of losing. And so I guess it doesn't matter. However, you know, when you see that, I mean, do, do I want to bring take my? You got a little kid. Do you feel like uh, you want to take your kid to a Steeler game? Uh, and I don't want to diss the Steelers because we love the Roonies and we love the Steelers. But for your own personal family safety and especially for the safety of your little kids, I'm not sure I want to take my kids in there. What was shocking about that video was that everyone was just standing around watching. And, of course, when you – you know, it doesn't matter if it's, if, if it's a drunk guy at a Steeler game or a drunk guy at a bar. That's the last thing you want to do is right. get – you know, go in and be the peacemaker, even though you want to be the peacemaker – with a drunk, because when you're dealing with a drunk, that's why nothing makes there. sense. Now let security people do that. Well, what the heck? I mean, when you look at that video, even, even though it was a short clip, I mean, that clip was maybe 20 seconds long. Yeah. There was no security around. I'm sure at some point security did show up, and that's a big stadium. It seats, what, 68,000-plus right. people. So I mean, how many security people there are at every level willing to go in there and into that battle zone? I, I don't know. Am I going to take my kids uh, and go, yeah, I, I mean, I want to, because you want that father-son, you want that, you know, dad-kid experience. But 
buyer beware on that. I would. You're taking your boy in there? Oh, yeah. I mean, you just you just have to be wary. you got to be wary of your surroundings. Yeah. You and, and stone cold sober. And, right. And hope that everybody else around you as well yeah. is uh, stone cold sober, too. I don't know. I, I guess you know, wherever large crowds of people and alcohol and the emotion – I think that's the big yes. thing. Yeah, the big emotion of the Steelers are losing. or But that game, or that fight that, that everyone's talking about, happened, I think, before the game. So that guy was just tailgating and was blitzed out of his mind and took it upon himself to attack someone in an opposing... I mean, how dare? I mean, that just... That's just drunken idiocy. How dare you show up in, you know, a Chargers jersey? Like, somehow you're insulting the guy. I don't know. Whoever that guy was... And I'm not a big, you know, guy who's like on the give, give me the vendetta. But that guy should be publicly identified, and he should be brought to justice. I mean, anybody who's going in there and choking people, I don't care if it's a guy or a woman. Is he? Did he end up being banned from the? I don't even know if they know who the guy is. Jeez. I mean, I'm, it's can't be, you know with social media today. It can't be hard to find somebody. Right. You know, he showed his face, so it's only a matter. I'm of time. sure the Roonies will ban him, or well, as well I'm they sure. should. Anyway, we'll take a break, come back uh, during the 5 o'clock hour of the ride home, Sands Cath today. Uh, Dean Weaver is with us, and uh, we're going to talk about a lot of different things, about Grove City College, where Dean has an active part in the ministry there, and about surviving the holidays, and many, many things. So stay with us. Sharing the word that changes the world. 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh, a service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. More than 3,000 people packed the Washington National Cathedral to pay tribute to former President George H.W. Bush. Historian John Meacham eulogized Bush, calling the nation's 41st president America's last great soldier statesman. A 20th century founding father. Former Canadian Prime Minister Brian Mulroney remembered Bush as a genuine leader. One who was distinguished, resolute, and brave. And former President George W. Bush recalled telling his father on the phone just before he died that he had been a wonderful dad and that he loved him. And the last words he would ever say on earth were, I love you too. Bush will be buried at his presidential library on Thursday. Greg Clugston, Washington. The stocks markets were closed today for the day of mourning for President Bush. This is SRN News. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, driven by Calusi Chevrolet, serving the Pittsburgh area for 100 years. Jen had a very busy day today, really busy. First, she dropped her kids off at daycare. Then she had a few minutes before yoga class for a coffee. Small latte, please. And then she saved a few lives. Nurse, two units, O negative. One, an injured child. Another, a cardiac patient. And then, a premature baby. All because Jen logged on to bloodsciencefoundation.org and made a financial donation. There, done. You see, local blood donors provide only about half of what is needed to treat patients. The other half has to be purchased and relies on financial donations from people like you and Jen. Ooh, cake pops. So, what have you done today? To make a financial donation that saves lives, visit bloodsciencefoundation.org. Blood Science Foundation. Giving 
from the heart. Hey, I'm Brant. So there's this guy named Jordan. He's a healthy guy. He's a dad of six, and he works as a guide in Alaska. And he goes to the doctor, true story, he goes to the doctor, and he's diagnosed with cancer stage four. And here's the thing. He had switched earlier from medical insurance to MediShare, where Christians share each other's medical bills. So the question for Jordan and his wife, Jenny, was, is this actually going to work? Our medical bills exceeded $160,000. MediShare members shared all our bills. And it was about more than just the money, too. This is a real community. MediShare is, is a family, a group of people that stick with you through the hardest times of your life. I just don't know how I could have done it without MediShare. It's so worth looking into. There's a reason this is growing so fast. So if you want to find out more, here is a number for you. 844-41-BIBLE. That's 844-41-BIBLE. Castle Toys and Games in Beaver, Wexford, and Oakmont wishes you a warm and merry Christmas filled with imagination and delight that lasts long after the presents are opened. And may your new year be blessed with more time to play and laugh together with games and toys that bring everyone in your whole family around the table. Warmest wishes to you and yours from Castle Toys and Games, your local independent toy store serving area families since 2005. In Beaver, Wexford, and Oakmont at castletoysandgames.com. This is Pastor Ben Kendrew of Hillside Christian Community in Carnegie, inviting you to step away from the hustle and bustle and join us for worship as we contemplate the amazing God who took on human flesh to bear our sin and be our Savior. We welcome you to Hillside this Christmas Eve for a family-friendly contemporary candlelight service from 6.30 to 7.30. May the peace of God be yours this Christmas from your friends at Hillside Christian Community. Some snow and flurries around through early this evening, accumulating a coating to an inch. Watch for some slick spots. The rest of tonight, mostly cloudy, 25. Mostly cloudy tomorrow, high 36. Some snow late tomorrow into tomorrow night will accumulate a coating to an inch or two. Low tomorrow night, 23. Friday, perhaps a morning flurry and clouds break for some sun, high 30 degrees. I'm AccuWeather Meteorologist Danielle Niddle on 101.5 Word FM. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, greetings. Good afternoon. Thanks for coming along today for the Wednesday edition as the sun is uh, set on this uh, snow-dappled landscape here in Green Tree. Uh, Kath is taking the day off today, and I'm happy to be with you for this hour. Dean Weaver, uh, Memorial Park Evangelical Presbyterian Church, will join us in just a little bit. Dean Weaver. So uh, I hope that uh, you had an opportunity to uh, either view or listen to um, President uh, Herbert Walker uh, Bush's funeral today. Uh, Very moving, very deeply moving. Uh, Our country knows how to bade farewell to its its highest office. The nation did bade farewell, bid farewell to George Herbert Walker the Bush, uh, the patriarch of one of the most consequential political dynasties of modern times. Uh, as bells tolled and choirs sang and an honor guard accompanied the coffin, uh, George Bush, the 41st, was remembered as a kinder, a gentler leader at a tumultuous moment whose fortitude really helped to steer the country through storms at home and abroad and whose essential decency set a standard for other presidents to meet. Uh, 
President George W. Bush said, when the history books are written, uh, they will say that George H.W. Bush was a great president of the United States, a diplomat of unmatched skill, a commander-in-chief of formidable accomplishments, and a gentleman who executed the duties of his office with dignity and honor. Now, uh, Mr. Bush, like his father, uh, was an emotional man who was given to tearing up over family, struggled to make it through the eulogy, his eyes watery, his face etched with emotion. He held on until the very end when he choked up, as he called the former president, the best father that a son or daughter could ever have. And there's no there's no doubt about that. Here's a, a clip from uh, today's um, eulogy from President Bush where he talks about what his dad taught him. Well, Dad, we're going to remember you for exactly that and much more. And we're going to miss you. Your decency, sincerity, and kind soul will stay with us forever. So through our tears, let us know the blessings of knowing and loving you, a great and noble man, the best father a son or daughter could have. And in our grief, let us smile knowing that Dad is hugging Robin and holding mom's hand again. The elder Mr. Bush died uh, last Friday at the age of 94 after years of struggling with a form of Parkinson's. His coffin, draped in a flag, was headed after the service to the Joint Base Andrews outside of Washington, D.C., Andrews Air Force Base, where it's going to be loaded into a blue and white presidential jet for the final flight home in the air right now on the way back to Texas. That, that state funeral was a, a milestone in the life of this country that has moved beyond the type of politics that Mr. Bush preached and, with notable exceptions, practiced. The moments of a bipartisan compromise that marked his presidency feel alien today. Uh, it was fascinating to watch that front row. Of course, uh, on one side of the aisle was President Bush's family. And then, you know, in a... In a ceremony that really could only be marked and celebrated in in the United States of America, was President Trump and his wife? Was President Obama his wife? Was President Clinton his wife? Was President Carter his wife? I mean, it was beautiful to see all the power coalesce together, and uh, there was no outward display of of arrogance or bitterness, no histrionics. They were all there together to to eulogize, to honor President uh, George Herbert Walker Bush. You know, o- over the years, President Bush, um, this happens often, right? Um, and that's just the, the goodness of human nature, that the, the negative is minimized and the positive is magnified. So President Bush has become one of the most admired occupants of the Oval Office, often described as the best one-term president, at least in modern times. He helped bring the Cold War to a peaceful end. He paved the way for the reunification of Germany. He launched the Gulf War to expel Iraqi invaders from Kuwait, bolstered America's standing around the world. Um, Prime Minister uh, Brian Mulroney of, of Canada, they were very good friends. He eulogized the president. He said, I believe it will be said that no occupant of the Oval Office was more courageous, more principled, or more honorable than George Herbert Walker Bush. Uh, as you might have heard during the news at the top of the hour, John Meekham, who was the uh, Pulitzer Prize-winning historian, he became, he became close to President Bush uh, as his biographer called him America's last great soldier statesman. 
a 20th century founding father. And he also effectively explained Mr. Bush's thousands light phrase to all those who were assembled. He said this, that Abraham Lincoln's, Abraham Lincoln's better angels of our nature and George H.W. Bush's thousand points of light are companion verses in American national hymn, Mr. Meekham said. He said, for President Lincoln and President Bush both called on us to choose the right over the convenient, to hope rather than to fear, and to heed not our worst impulses, but our best instincts. President George Herbert Walker Bush laid to rest today. Hey, let's take a quick break. Come back. Dean Weaver is with us from Memorial Park Church. He's going to talk to us about Grove City College, also about how to survive the holidays. Stay with us. WORD. Playing Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music on the weekends with the best new music. New New music from Jeremy Camp, My Defender. You're my defender. Little Drummer Boy by For King and Country. And Jingle Bells from Matt Marr. The best new music and Pittsburgh's favorites. Sponsored by Trinity Jewelers. 101.5 WORD on the weekend. Don't be at a disadvantage when it comes to your Medicare coverage. The 2018 Donut Hole is closing fast. Open enrollment ends December 7th and you have some important decisions to make today. Medicare is confusing. Todd Marley and the experts at Marley Financial know you have questions and they have the answers you're looking for. Before you lock in for another year, are you sure you're getting the best coverage possible? Visit MarleyFG.com and find out for yourself. Do you hold Pat for 2019? Has your Advantage plan changed terms on you? What premiums are going up next year and by how much? Should you switch your Part D prescription plan or drop it altogether? Don't go it alone. Let Marley Financial steer you to a comprehensive solution that lets you access any hospital or doctor you want. A plan that focuses not just on cost, but quality, with lower deductibles and co-pays that are little to none. Why get stuck paying thousands in out-of-pocket expenses? Visit MarleyFG.com today. That's MarleyFG.com. You're a good mom. You've tried every parenting tip in the book, but nothing seems to stick. Your child is smart but just can't sit still and focus. Or maybe you know that something is just off. If your child just can't do things you think he should be able to, there is a reason. Brain Balance can help. For over 10 years, the Brain Balance program has helped kids just like yours. This customized program doesn't just mask your child's issues, but gets to the root of the problem. If your child is not making friends, is disruptive in school, or life just seems a lot harder than it needs to be, it's not that he's not trying. He just can't change what he can't control. The Brain Balance Program can help. If you feel your child falling further and further behind in school, don't wait. Call your local center today and find out how Brain Balance can build the strong foundation your child needs for a brighter future. Visit BrainBalance.com for the center nearest you. Change furnace filters. Check. Change smoke detector batteries. Check. Install CO2 detector. Check. Make sure the furnace is ready in good working condition. When you have Pellis Heating and Cooling Service your system... 
check. You're ready for anything. And be confident knowing a Pellis Tech is available 24 hours a day in case of emergencies. With after-hour calls, return within 30 minutes. Keep your family comfortable with a comfortable family company. Pellis, P-E-L-L-E-S, at PellisHVAC.com. I really thought I would die of stress long before the cancer. Because the diagnosis brought this avalanche of worries. The money, the travel, the burden on the family. One night I called the American Cancer Society, and they helped me map out a plan. Got me free rides to chemo and even a free place to stay during treatment. They took away those other fears so I could rest up for the real fight. Please give at cancer.org. Well, the sun is officially set here in the city of Pittsburgh. It's dark and cold and snowy. A ray of sunshine is now in the studio. Dean Weaver is with us. Memorial Park Church. Dean, my friend, welcome back. How are you? Thank you, sir. Uh, it's uh, great to be with you. Yeah. Sorry that uh, the true sunshine of the studio is not You got here that right. Yeah, we, we know exactly what that's all about. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. So Kath's not with us, but uh, you and I will muddle through as two guys do yeah. poorly for the next 40 minutes or so. We'll compartmentalize all of our feelings, talk about sports, and scratch ourselves <laughs> in places that people in the radio audience can't see. <laughs> Thank goodness it's radio. Hey, so you're here in some part to talk about Grove City because you are a Grover, a grad of Grove City College, but now you have a more... Um, robust role <laughs> robust yeah it uh what a privilege and honor i i graduated uh, from Grove city in 1986 and one of the things i did when i was on campus was i served as a, a chapel aide which was the uh, student assistant to the dean of the chapel and uh, last spring our president paul mcnulty called me and asked if i might consider coming back to the campus to serve in an interim capacity as the chaplain nice. for the campus um between uh, dr morledge and dr kielwetter uh there's about 34 years of faithful continued service and uh, with President McNulty uh, being uh, coming in a couple of years ago, he said, you know, this is too important a position to not evaluate it carefully and look at it uh, thoroughly and see what are we doing well that we can continue to do well and celebrate what are the things we ought to be looking at today and how can we best, of course, serve the needs of our students. And I have to tell you, it's been life-giving, John. It's just been utterly life-giving. Oh, nice. Uh, I've just loved it. So do tell. I mean – as the college chaplain, your duties entail what? I mean, are you on campus often? Um, we're on campus uh, Sunday nights, uh, Monday mornings, and I'm there all day Thursdays, and then depending on if there are any special occasions. So I'll go back up, actually. I'll be there all day tomorrow, and then I'll be up there on parts of Friday because we have a walkthrough for our big candlelight service that's coming up, and then uh, there's a jazz band concert that's at night, and I want to be there for a couple of students. So, nice. so you know, it's uh, it's not a, sh- a long trip up 79, no, so no. it's easy to get up and back. And uh, Sunday's Vespers, right? Fun- Sunday, Sunday, night. Sunday night's Vespers, and... And uh, I lead that, and uh, um, we have a student-led worship team that leads worship, and they're just fantastic, amazing. Um, And then I give about a 15-minute more practical message, you know, what about our identity, what about how to deal with stress, how to deal with depression, things that a lot of college students today are wrestling with, try to make it real practical. Um, Tuesdays and Thursdays are the chapel program proper, and that is – 
Uh, Tuesdays is a focus on loving God, and it's usually one of our biblical studies professors teaching on a book of the Bible, which is deep and rich and, and meaningful. And then Thursdays is how to love neighbor, and it's usually a, someone who's been on a mission trip or someone from a different organization that talks about how to serve people in our community or around the world. So it really has a balanced approach. Um, the, the st- what, what has filled me, John, is that um, – when I'm tempting to despair at, at my life or the world around me, uh, these students are sharp and bright and smart and thoughtful, and their faith is deep and real, and they're asking the right questions, going about it the right way. Nice. Um, they are uh, – the faculty's great. The administration's fantastic. Um, love President McNulty. Uh, but these kids are, are just amazing. Excellent. What I like about this, now, you know, uh, fair game here. My child goes to Grove City College, my boy. And, and Kathy's daughter goes to Grove City College as well. So, you know, we're in. I mean, it's all in the family. It, thing. it is. It really right. is. So we're happy to have this conversation. And, you know, especially you've been a regular guest on our show. And now you're the chaplain at Grove City College. And, you know, it's just a natural course of conversation. Why not talk about this? Yeah. But w- what my son has told me, which was surprising to me, is he said, you know, Dad, you would think that every student at Grove City College was sort of checking the box of I'm the parent or I'm the daughter or son of a uh, a Christian evangelical. And because of that, I also believe X and I follow along X. He said, that's not true at all. He said, people are coming, you know, the guys in my dorm rooms are coming at this from totally different perspectives. There's a lot of guys who are, you know, liberals. There's a lot of guys who look at sexuality in a lot of different ways that I would not normally. So it's not as though there's some sort of cookie cutter thing that's happening there. They are inviting all, all comers into the, into the uh, atmosphere. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's an unusual piece of space in the, uh, higher education environment, right? The, the college is intentionally Christ centered. And that is to say, they're, they're, we're absolutely straightforward about that. This is who we are, to we were formed to be, founded yeah. to be. This so is who DNA. we are. Yeah, but at the same time, it's not a sectarian school, and so it doesn't have any religious or denominational affiliation per se. And so there's no um, sign a statement of faith. In right. other words, when you come, you don't have to assent to being a Christian to be there. Right. So this is not Bob Jones University. Right, right. Or mo- a lot of Christian schools, because they're denominationally based, have some sort of statement of faith that you have to sign off on, which some people do with conscience and some people wink, wink. I don't really believe that, but I'm signing anyway. The school doesn't ask you to do that at all. Um, and But what that does is it means there are people there because of the outstanding education or the outstanding opportunity for uh, preparing for the career that they believe they're they're called to or uh, to play sports or any other number of things. Um, And so there's – and it's true on any Christian campus. I've never been to a Christian college where there wasn't a portion of the campus that were not followers of Christ. That's always going to be the case. Um, I think at Grove City, if you go in there expecting everybody is going to be cut out of the same piece of cloth, you're going to be surprised or disappointed. I think that's part of what makes it a rich environment um, because uh, there are people there from diverse backgrounds or different approaches, and yet the school is purposefully Christ-centered, unapologetically Christ-centered. So as the the chaplain – I mean, what kind of time do you have to build relationships with the students? And, and do students approach you as that guy and say, well, I look at you as, you know, the, the leader here. I've got questions or I've got problems yeah, or I need, yeah. I need to talk. 
Yeah, I mean, I think the best thing I can do is offer myself as a as a pastor to the students, and uh, obviously uh, the person who follows me, who will be there in a permanent capacity, will probably have more availability uh, than I currently do because I'm there on a part time basis right. as the transitional person, uh, keeping my day job at Memorial Park as long as they'll have me. Um, but at the same time, um, the students immediately they size you up very quickly. <laughs> and they say, okay, well, so we'll see if this person's the real deal or not. Are you legit? And, and yeah, and then they come to you with all manner of, of the kind of things that they wrestle with in life, which are questions of faith, questions of relationships, questions of calling and vocation, and just questions in general. So I get a good bit of that. And, uh, you know, uh, you can do some of that uh, on um, – uh, email conversations, but most of it ends up being in person. So my Sunday evenings, Monday mornings, and Thursdays get full very, very, very fast. The great thing is I've been able to uh, hire a staff around me in campus ministry, and uh, we have a great residence life staff and great faculty. So there's lots of resources on campus for people. So that if I'm not able to do it, uh, it's easy to direct them to someone who can. Nice. Well, what about um, you know? Uh, for most people, you know, you're the exception, I'm sure, for as a, an adult, unless you're involved directly uh, in the classroom as an educator, you know, in college campuses, you know, I'm reading about college campuses or I'm reading about students and their attitudes. And quite honestly, what I read is not the greatest. I mean, you know, you kind of think, you know, uh, these kids are sort of entitled and they're easily upset. It's kind of a reverse of what's happened in college campuses in the past where they are sort of shaming a dissident opinion that's not welcome on college campuses. Uh, that's become sort of a thing, you know, whether it's a secular or a Christian college. And, and you know, I, when you think about issues of sexuality, which, of course, you know, in America, we're now in this sort of new gender phase where we're questioning male-female and what that's all about. And I think that's taken root in college campuses. Um, you're following along at home. You know, people are talking about Frosty the Snowman and, and Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and the, the political correctness of all that. That's springing from college campuses. It's become sort sort of different than what the traditional or, or historical sort of spinning or um, the stirring of the pot of political activism or how you look at the society from a, a youth-oriented perspective. What's that like at Grove City College? Well, I mean, historically, Grove City has been a, a more conservative school, sure. right? So um, uh, you would hope that any college environment would be a place where the free exchange of ideas can occur and people can have vigorous debate and discussion around and tolerance. Sure, and 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 Grove City welcomes and encourages and cultivates robust conversation and the students are really good at that i mean they they are really really good at that so um you know for example if a speaker comes to chapel and says something that uh, uh maybe raises an eyebrow or two i'm going to hear about it and there's going to be discussion around it and that's just sort of that vigorous debate of ideas is uh part of a classics approach to education, right? Uh, part of how we learn is by having those kind of vigorous debates and discussions. You don't have to be apologetic about your opinion. Uh, you don't have to attack the, the person, uh, but you're welcome to challenge the idea um, and good. to be able to separate out treating a person well while going after the idea is, uh, is a lost art in today's society. And I think one of the things that when I go to a campus like Griff City, I'm so encouraged by because I see them doing that really well. And that's, uh, that gives me hope. Excellent.
Dean Weaver's with us uh, from Memorial Park Church. He is the uh, the interim, that's fair to say, the interim chaplain it at Grove City indeed. College. We'll take a quick break, come back. we got more ahead. Uh, Dean's going to stay with us. We're going to delve into um, Christmas, Advent. What else? UFOs? Uh, I, you wouldn't think of Christmas and Advent without UFOs. Yeah. All of the above. <laughs> Forevermark Diamond Tribute Collection. For your courage, passion, determination, for your tenderness, spirit, and the way you love. For all that you are, the Forevermark Tribute Collection. A diamond for each of your qualities. Forevermark. Beautiful, rare, responsibly sourced. Explore the Forevermark Tribute Collection at Trinity Jewelers Mount Nido Road. Visit TrinityJewelers.com. It's the most wonderful time of the year. And with my pillow, you can enjoy the most wonderful sleep of your life. Hey, this is John Hall, and I've been enjoying a great night's sleep for years thanks to my pillow. And believe it or not, it's still in as good a shape as it was when I took it out of the box. That's because Mike Lindell, creator of my pillow, made it machine washable and dryable, and his patented interlocking fill guarantees it will never lose its shape. If you've never tried my pillow, now's the perfect time with Mike's holiday four pack special. Just call 1 800 961 9207. Mention promo code WORD and get two my pillows plus two go anywhere pillows for one low price. Exclusive for this offer, you'll get free holiday shipping, and they're even extending their money back guarantee on the four pack through March 1st of 2019. Plus, it comes with a 10 year warranty. Mention promo code WORD when you call 1-800-961-9207 or enter it when you visit MyPillow.com today. It's me, the kid who's saying, all I want for Christmas is my two front teeth. Yeah, I grew up, got my teeth. Turns out, not super impressive. What I really should have sang was, all I want for Christmas is to go to Fun For All Family Fun Park's Holiday Lights Mini Golf. They turn 36 holes of award-winning miniature golf into a Holiday Lights extravaganza like no other. From 5 to 10 p.m. November 16th through January 2nd, it's the most fantastic way to have a Merry Christmas. <laughs> Still got it. Learn more at funforall.com backslash holiday lights. You know, you send your kid off to college and you think, who are they going to intersect with? What's that new circle of friends? Like uh, to be honest, uh, I went and saw my boy freshman year. He was super excited because one of his new buddies was from Colorado. Another guy he digs was from Alaska. So it surprised me because I thought, well, you know, Grove City, it's got to be small. It's drawing specifically just from the Western Pennsylvania area. But the truth is, they're I know. it's it's national. I know. I was surprised by that too. My my daughter on her floor, she has somebody from Hawaii and somebody from Puerto Rico. And in this uh, in this uh, reading group she's involved in, the girl that runs it, the young woman, is from China. Nice. Okay, so so it's geographically diverse, but also it's Christian diverse. You don't have to go to Grove City College and you know cross your T's and dot your eyes of your theology. Right. You don't have to have a background in a particular denomination Mm-mm. to go. I mean. Look, what I've seen from a parent's perspective after having a child there for a year is that they encourage kids to think. Yeah. The faculty encourage kids to not leave behind the theology that they've grown up with, not at all, but to take that theology that they've grown with and grow further and to under perhaps understand that theology better than they had before. Yep. Okay. So full disclosure, both Kath and I have kids that go to Grove City College. That's why we're talking about it right now. We love it. It's a wide sweep, a lot of diversity, a lot of people from different regions of the country, theologically as well. 
If you're thinking about Grove City College, we'd highly recommend you check it out. Look for it online, gcc.edu. Some snow and flurries around through early this evening, accumulating a coating to an inch. Watch for some slick spots. The rest of tonight, mostly cloudy, 25. Mostly cloudy tomorrow, high 36. Some snow late tomorrow into tomorrow night will accumulate a coating to an inch or two. Low tomorrow night, 23. Friday, perhaps a morning flurry. Then clouds break for some sun, high 30 degrees. I'm AccuWeather Meteorologist Danielle Niddle on 101.5 Word FM. That is Fernando Ortega. It's a beautiful song. I love that song so much. Uh, Dean Weaver's with us from Memorial Park Church. And Dean, blessings to you because you and Memorial Park are bringing Fernando into town. Yeah, we're so excited. On Friday, uh, December 14th at 7 o'clock, he'll be playing in our sanctuary. And you've been to our place before, John. You know that... uh, it's a large enough sanctuary we can accommodate you know 750 people or so but it's a sanctuary it feels very intimate mm-hmm. uh, with fernando ortega at the piano uh in the front of our sanctuary it's going to be an intimate beautiful sweet evening um you know you're two weeks before christmas if you're one of those people that's like just can't quite uh, get that christmas spirit thing on because of life's hectic stuff on a friday evening it's a free concert uh you can't beat that fabulous it, it will be it will be sweet we've got people I, I told you on the break we have people coming from new jersey new york ohio getting hotels coming to hear this because he's just such an incredible treat um it's a benefit concert for edu nations which is the work we do in sierra leone africa building schools christian schools in africa and um and so we have sponsors that are paying for the whole thing covering the whole cost cost uh, so people can come and enjoy it for free wow wonderful so the 14th of december friday not so two weeks away yeah two weeks so friday december 14th i mean I, I love that you do this and last year you brought in sarah groves yeah again a, a beautiful night uh, very intimate and exactly what you're saying about the sanctuary it's big enough that it it holds 800 plus people but it's so intimate that that sound of one performer or two people in, in front of the front of the sanctuary it just shines bright it's yeah. going to be i'm super excited to go well and of course we had uh, before that we had Laura Story before that we had Phil Keggy before that we had Michael Card before that we've actually had Keith and Kristen Gettys in our place too nice. they were a very big sound for our sanctuary um someone like Fernando Ortega is a perfect fit for us cuz it's just the, this big grand piano with this incredible sweet 
artist who loves the Savior singing these beautiful songs. I mean, and the place will be, you know, all decorated for Christmas, obviously. So it'll be it'll be a special treat. Excellent. Okay, so uh, as a an awareness for Edunations, which is central to the work that you're doing at Memorial Park, uh, it's also free though. But there's you know there's a, there's an ask, right? Yeah, sure. So we have um, one person. We have built uh, 15 schools over the last 15 years in the northern rural most parts of Sierra Leone, all Muslim communities. And these are openly Christian schools in these Muslim communities. And uh, we've been able to plant churches as a result of that. We've been able to build clinics as a result of that. We've been able to do a whole lot of development in those under-resourced communities. Um, but in the last five years, we've probably been privileged to be a part of over 800 baptisms of people who are Muslim, who are first-time followers of Jesus, um, and largely coming out of these schools. So you get really high-quality education. We have the highest uh, testing standards in the country. Um, we're, we're extremely well thought of in the Ministry of Education, and so we have kind of an open door where these communities have invited come in. We have Muslims, uh, chiefs and imams, who invite us to come in and ask us to be there, and we're able to put on this high-quality education that, that welcomes all children. It doesn't matter their background, um, and they come and they learn and they grow, and amazingly, God blesses that, and faith just multiplies exponentially in a place like that. I love this. And uh, so we've been so blessed to do that over the years. And this year, we're really excited because we have one very generous donor who's uh, giving us a $25,000 challenge grant to say that if, if if the people are coming to this concert and get to enjoy it for free, uh, they would like to see us step up for the 800 of us that will be there to actually match that $25,000. Wow. So, so you can come for free and and not give a penny, and we'll be fine, and that won't bother us one bit. We've got the concert paid for by these corporate sponsors, but there's this opportunity to really make a difference. And the beautiful thing is in Sierra Leone, a little bit goes a long long way. I bet the dollar stretches very far. Oh, yeah. Okay, so if people want to attend, you have to register. Well, we hope that they would. I mean, obviously it helps us to prepare if people would do that. You sure, can do RSVP. That on, yeah, you can do that on our website, which is mpcepc.org. Um, you can just go on that website and there will be a banner there and click on that, or you can go to the Edunations website and do the exact same thing, which is edunations.org. Um, and we it helps us to prepare knowing you know, right now we've got about 400 people that have registered. You almost always have a hundred or so that don't. Right. So right now we're saying, okay, we think we're going to have between four and 500 people, but we're still a week and a half out and people are notoriously last minute on stuff like this. So I would suggest if people want to come and they should consider coming early uh, to make sure because we don't have assigned seats it's, you get there sit you down. come in and sit down we are going to have some pre-music which is really fun ahead of time about six forty. a local guy named matt montgomery uh, who just got back from nashville uh, was a geneva college student and is uh, uh just cut an album he's going to do a couple of songs cool, as excellent. kind of a prelude opening into this which will be really fun uh there will be gift baskets and food and all that kind of stuff so if, come at six Get your seat, get comfortable, enjoy yourself, and then Fernando will come on at 7. Very nice. Memorial Park Church, December 14th, Fernando Ortega in concert, a free event supporting Edunations. Uh, listen, we'll post stuff on Facebook and uh, the our, our show page, johnandkathyshow.com. Okay? Take a break. Come back. Um, stick around. Dean Weaver is going to be with us as well. Back in a few.
101.5 WORD. The Word of God. It's bold, it's direct, it cuts across the grain of popular culture. It illuminates the mind and transforms the soul. Its meaning doesn't change. It applies to everyone, everywhere. Hi friend, this is John MacArthur encouraging you to find out what the Bible means by what it says. Join me for clear teaching from God's compelling Word every Monday through Friday right here on Grace to You. Tomorrow morning at 7 on 101.5 WORD. This is Michael Medved. I'm here with Mike Stahl from Health Markets helping folks find the right Medicare coverage. The news reports say that the rates might be going down. The government projects the cost of Medicare plans will decrease this year. So you have to ask, are you getting the best rate? Health Markets offers a free service to help folks maximize their Medicare benefits and save money. The enrollment period for Medicare has already started. What is it people need to keep in mind? Enrollment in the right plan is not automatic. With so many Medicare options, it can be confusing. My advice, don't go it alone. Get unbiased help to find a plan that may cost less and cover more with lower co-payments, more choices like dental and vision, and the freedom to choose your doctors. It's important to act now. Our Health Markets Medicare service is free. Thanks, Mike. This is Michael Medved for Health Markets. The deadline for enrollment is just days away, so you need to act now. Call 800-735-8803. 800-735-8803. 800-735-8803. Hi, this is Kurt Kenotic from Accurate Solutions Group. Whether you're dreaming of a white Christmas, thinking about a red-nosed reindeer, or just rocking around the Christmas tree, my team and I want to say thank you to everyone who helped make 2018 such a success. So from our family to yours, we wish you a very Merry Christmas. And as we turn the calendar to a new year, we would be honored to help make 2019 the year that you make retirement planning your resolution. Give us a call today, 412-515-3555. We can help you create a retirement blueprint so you can find out if this is the year you can finally retire. 412-515-3555. That's Accurate Solutions Group. 412-515-3555 or you can find us online at asgretire.com Have a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year and may God bless you and your families. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. Castle Toys and Games in Beaver, Wexford, and Oakmont wishes you a warm and merry Christmas filled with imagination and delight that lasts long after the presents are opened. And may your new year be blessed with more time to play and laugh together with games and toys that bring everyone in your whole family around the table. Warmest wishes to you and yours from Castle Toys and Games, your local independent toy store serving area families since 2005 in Beaver, Wexford, and Oakmont at castletoysandgames.com. Here at the original mattress factory we'd like to know is it better to give or receive one lucky winner in each of our markets will get to make that choice for themselves this christmas in the spirit of the season we will be giving away a queen size orthopedic luxury firm mattress set for each winner to either give to a loved one or receive for themselves visit any of our stores by december 18th to enter and for all official rules no purchase is necessary to win but eligibility restrictions do apply may your holiday be merry and bright and you always sleep tight
Dean Weaver's with us from Memorial Park Church. So, Dean, we've been talking off and on throughout this week uh, on a more regular basis about this is not necessarily the Christmas season. It is is Advent. I mean, Advent has just started the first Sunday. was this past Sunday. Yeah, I've been getting Advent cards all week. Have yeah. you really? No. no. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think there is such a so thing. So gullible. There might be. I mean, you know, there should the, be. For the purest among us. Sure, absolutely. Right? But the fact of the matter is, for the larger population, uh, it is Christmas season. And, of course, that comes with its own particular joys and delights and also horrors. Yeah, it started in Home Depot in September, right? Yes. So you as a pastor and just as a guy, how are you approaching this? Well, I mean, you know, it's funny how we go in cycles, right? I mean, yeah. when we were little kids, uh, we approached it one way, and it was so exciting. You couldn't wait for Christmas starting yeah. like December 26th, right? Um, uh, when you become a parent, if you're blessed to be able to be a parent, you kind of get to experience it all over again and, and see it through their eyes. And the same kind of cycle of, of, of little kid to a teenager who, you know, you go from waking up your parents to your parents waking you up to yes. are they coming home this year? Uh, you go through that whole cycle as a kid yourself. You go through it then again as a parent. And I'm now coming around to the grandparent season where I'm like, oh, wow, I get a third pass at this, which oh, nice. is really fun. And I think what that's doing for me, John, is it's giving me this kind of fresh appreciation where, um, you know, they say the, the great athletes, for example, um, the ball slows down for them, right? Like, like you know, Michael Jordan, the, the game slowed down and he could see everything almost yes. moving. And, like, I marvel at these guys that can hit a 90-mile-an-hour fastball. And I'm like, how can you even see that? But they talk about how it, it, it just sort of slows down. And I think as believers, as we go through these different seasons of life, when we get to this point, you hope that it kind of slows down a little bit and you kind of like take it in and you really enjoy it. So, for example, I'm up on campus at Grove City two weeks ago and they have this light-up night. And it's cold, but it's snowing. And we're out there with a band playing and we're drinking hot chocolate and singing Christmas carols. And a cute little girl whose dad works for the college reads a poem. And when she finishes the poem, uh, the star lights up above Rockwell Hall of Science and everybody oohs and ahs. And then we sing more Christmas carols. <laughs> nice. And I and I and I'm marveling at this. And I walk down the sidewalk, and I thought, well, I'm going to go in and sit in the back of the chapel and have a few moments of, of quiet reflection. I've got my hot chocolate, and it's snowing, and you know, it's like you're walking in the midst of a Norman Rockwell Christmas card of some Perfect. kind. And I walk into the chapel, and the touring choir is rehearsing for their concert up front. I I I wonder as I wander, and I just sat down and listened to that. And I thought, oh my goodness, now I I probably needed to get home. I had things I needed to do. I had you know, my list, my, my agenda. Right. But there was this slowing down at those moments where you go, this is special. And, and what I look for, John, are opportunities, you know, from Thanksgiving on, especially it kind of starts for me at Thanksgiving really, is I start looking for moments to, to let it slow down and take in where I am and what I'm observing and what I'm seeing and, and hopefully just kind of be present in the moment because I think so much of what we do at a time like this is we're just trying to get past it. We're just trying to get mm-hmm. to something and we wish, we wish away time, you know, and right. we're like sometimes it's like I just want the holidays to be over. Right. So I'm just trying to get on the other side of this thing. Work it, work it, work it. Yep. Or it's, it's, I'm trying to get to this special event, this special thing, this special meaningful thing, Mm -hmm. and you miss what's happening right in front of you. And if you can, if it can slow down and you can soak in where you are each and every moment, um, you know, it's kind of the equivalent of 
of of um feeding two birds with one scone <laughs> yeah, <all right>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> touche <laughs> well you know so p- part of it is i'm listening as i as i'm driving over here today and i'm yeah. listening to you and and uh you know as i'm i can choose to just listen to you and say okay uh kathy's not there i'm gonna turn it off you yeah. know i don't need to listen to this okay or i can choose to say you know uh, i'm really blessed I'm, I'm blessed to have John as my friend. I'm, I'm blessed to have the opportunity to come and sit here and have this conversation with you. I'm blessed that there are people who actually be patient enough to want to listen to this. Um, I, this is really a gift. Heck yeah, it is. To see this as a gift slows things down yeah. and enables you to be fully present in the moment. And hopefully so then when something like a candlelight service or a Christmas service comes up, you're able to really be present, fully present, and take in the meaning of what it all has for mm-hmm. us. That's really good. So uh, you and I are probably you know pretty close together in the same age, and, and I'm sort of taking that because I think, how many more of these Christmas seasons do I have left? I mean, it's important to me, and I, I'm really conscious now of, and not that I'm gloom and doom about age, but I'm, you know, there's a limited shelf life here for all of us. Yeah, and it it changes the way we it surely perceive does. it. I, I will tell you, grandchildren brings a rebirth to that again. And um, you know, my my oldest, I have two now, and I have a two and a half year old and a and a five month old. The five month old obviously will just be cute and fun and so forth, but she won't have a clue what's going on. The Two and a half year old, uh, she is reading the Christmas stories. She's watching all the movies. She's, you know, decorating the tree. She's all excited about it. She's, she's starting to now, this will be the year that she finally really starts to get into that. And you get the chance to kind of watch it through her eyes. I love it so much. And that's, it's renewing. It yeah. really is renewing. So Christmas morning, she'll be aware of what's going on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Here oh, it yeah. comes. Yeah. I mean, there's a beauty to it, but, but I would imagine, I mean, I'm not a pastor, uh, but I've known enough pastors to know that there's an extra measure of work and weight with this with this season. Because as much as some people love it, it also can have the opposite effect, right? The people are sort of like, I'm alone, or I dread this, or this makes me angry. I don't want this. Why, why am I forced to go through this? And so as the front man, as the pastor, you're, you're having to engage and equip people who might not necessarily feel the power of the Christ child coming into the world. Right. You have to be aware that people come from it at all different angles. Um, people aren't aware of uh, the advent of, of the Savior. People are anticipating it. People are depressed about the holidays. People are excited about the holidays. Nobody comes at it from the exact same place. So you have to be as much fully present as you can for everybody. And the, here's the interesting challenge, right? The interesting challenge is, and it happens for me every week, actually. How do you go in and lead a worship service and worship yourself? And, and be able not worship yourself, but also be able to worship. Yeah, that's that's it's actually a real challenge. I mean, I'm sure I, it is. I think a lot of pastors, a lot of worship leaders, really struggle with actually worship being able to worship because they're conscious of you know their time sheets or they're conscious of the next event coming up or right. oh my gosh you're doing an event yeah so you're you're fully present in in managing or being a part of that activity and you don't sing the song. Uh, in a way that moves that truth from your head to your heart, you don't actually fully engage and make yourself available for the spirit to work among you. So, but is that possible? Is it really possible? Do you do that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I think it's a little more challenging when you're the solo person doing everything on your own. Yeah. I think when you have another staff and they're highly competent and doing their their stuff, you can hopefully, um, you know, be fully present while everything else is going on. And then when it's your time to do what you got to do, that you're you know, that feeds you and helps you to get up there and, and do what you got to do. But on Christmas Eve, 
Um, you know, when we do our candlelight services at Memorial Park, uh, and I'm excited that I get to do the candlelight service now at Grove City, which is coming up this week, there's something really special. Um, for example, when when we close out the lights and you lift up your candles and you sing Silent Night, it's especially meaningful. You're in the front of the sanctuary, and we do this thing, John, where we lift the candle um, on uh, one of the verses, uh, you know, sleep in heavenly uh, peace, that kind of thing. We lift up the candle, yes. and everybody else lifts up the candle. And you're, you're standing up front, and you watch everybody in this wow. dark room wow. lift up this candle and sing. And it's one of those moments that is just so rich and so meaningful um, that you're fully present. You really are truly, fully present. I love that so much. My heart breaks for people who who don't have that, right? Because as there are seasons in our lives, you know, young children to young adults and whatnot, there are also spiritual seasons as well where you are spiritually dead to the season. And I know mm-hmm. many people who, who, again, who dread this and do not want to be part of this. And to me, it's, it's the most beautiful season. And I, I would imagine people come to you and say, Hey, Dean, I got nothing here, man. Um, you know, I'm a believer, but this is not resonating with me. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, I start with saying I get it. I understand. I You may be surprised to know, but as a pastor who has to lead Christmas services, I've been there. <laughs> Even while I'm I'm having to lead these services, I've, I've been there. Um, I think if all of us are honest, we've all been there at some point sure. or another. But I also think, and this isn't going to sound very spiritual, but my counsel to people at times like that is real simple. Fake it till you make it. Yeah. Right. Just go. You may be surprised. It may be that, that nothing happens and you, you're just still disconnected. Uh, but you haven't really wasted that much time. It's actually, there's a good possibility. Perhaps God may surprise you and some spark may be lit and you may just find something on that night. If you just put yourself in that place to be available, you may not feel it. But you know, it's 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 not all conditioned on our feelings either. Um, yeah. Oftentimes, uh, feelings can follow uh, good behavior and follow obedience, and just so sometimes I just say, "Look, I totally get it. I'm with you. Been there myself." And the best thing I can tell you is, "Fake it till you make it. That's good. Go and do it anyway." Because really, ultimately, I mean, it's not about us, right? This is not right. about my feelings, right? Right. This is about the God of the universe. So, right. who am I to say no? Right. Let's take a break. Come back. Dean Weaver's with us from Memorial Park Church. We're talking about a lot of things. We're talking about Grove City. Talking about uh, Fernando Ortega. Fake it till you make it during the holiday season. I don't know what's ahead. Stick around and find out. Christmas at the Spring House in 84 means lots of activities. Although we don't look like elves, we certainly feel like Santa's helpers as we go about our daily chores. In the bake shop, we're making pie dough and pie fillings from scratch to produce the best homemade pies you've ever tasted. The favorites are raspberry, apple crumb, caramel walnut, pumpkin, and sour cherry. And we're also doing all kinds of breads and cookies for gifts or just for good eating. In the basket-making area, we're putting together wonderful country gift baskets. It's just popping full and topped with beautiful bows. We like to say they're no fluff. They're just filled with good stuff. In the smokehouse, we're smoking round the clock our own hickory-smoked hams, turkeys, and even salmon. And I almost forgot we're also making our own eggnog with fresh milk from our own cows, and it's wonderful. 
Throughout the Springhouse store, we're filled with country gifts that will delight the young and the young at heart. Come to the Springhouse in 84 for an old-fashioned Christmas. Sylvania is always looking to improve their headlights to help people see farther and drive safer. So they developed their Silver Star Ultra headlights to have greater clarity and the brightest down-road visibility. So now you can see what you've been missing. Sylvania, think farther down the road. A moment of destiny from Pastor Paul Shepard. God says when you go through trials of many kinds, consider it joy because when I get through working you out, you're going to have spiritual muscles that you didn't have before. Where you used to be weak, you'll be strong. You'll look at yourself and say, I used to not be able to, and you'll see the apparatus in your life say, I couldn't handle that before. I remember when that used to happen, I'd backslide. I'd lead a church. I'd be done. I remember when I was tripping over that kind of trial, but now I can eat that trial for breakfast. Pastor Paul Shepard is the senior pastor of Destiny Christian Fellowship in Northern California. The program is heard daily on radio stations across America and anytime at pastorpaul.net. Thanks for being with us. Dean Weaver's with us from Memorial Park. Kind of run the gamut here, talking about a number of things. So, so Dean, you're coming in. You're, I was talking about PETA a little earlier. I'm an animal person. We have two dogs and a cat at our house. Um, you yourself, do you love animals? Oh, yeah. I yeah. sometimes could be accused of loving dogs more than people. Uh-huh. You have a dog? I have two. Yes. Yeah. Uh, this is the first time in my life that I've owned two dogs simultaneously, which I'm, I'm not a proponent of. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. They uh, typically, you hope they become buddies and, and, uh, it's, uh, it makes, it makes a little louder sometimes. Yeah. It's okay. Uh, I don't mind that. I don't either. I don't either. And then I've got grandpups too. So, you know, I mean, grandpups, my, my two sons both have dogs and and my daughter and her husband have a dog. And so if we put them all together, oh my gosh, it's, it can be dangerous. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, Peter, uh, you heard this a little earlier that they've been, They've been asking us to evolve our language, right? I mean, I, I, I mean, Pete is easy to mock just because they're, you know, they have a strain of well, wackadoodleness. Here's the thing: like, we do want ethical treatment. Yes, we animals, do, right? And like, kindness. It's a good thing to yes. do. It's just sometimes they take it out to this extreme that causes us to kind of uh, just roll our eyes. Well, they're their own worst out. enemy, and I, and I wonder. I'm sure they're well aware of that, yeah. right? Uh, but they do take it to the far extreme. So um, they're saying, please don't use, and I, I didn't even know this was a thing, anti-animal language. Mm. Um, you kill two birds with one stone. Now they're asking us to say, feed two birds with one scone. Do birds even like scones? Probably. I mean, you know. You they, think so? Well, my, I remember being a kid, my gram would throw bread out for the birds. I don't know. You know, okay. they, they would eat right. bread. So they probably, but why would you give a bird a scone? I mean, that seems like a little high-end treat. Sco- because scones are typically really rock hard. They are. And you're, you you try to have a scone, and you're like, I, I don't want the scone, so what am I going to do? Well, I might as well feed two birds. Right. But I don't want a scone, personally. Do you right. like a scone? So feed the birds. Two scones, or a scone. A scone. Two birds. Two birds. At least two birds. You think they'd be like a lot I more? I think with a scone, you could feed more than two. Oh, birds. easily. You crumble that thing up and throw it in the yard, sure. you're good to go. Yeah. Sure. It, it, don't beat a dead horse, right? Uh, you should feed a fed horse. Where did that come from, though? That's a weird... Beating a dead horse? Yeah, well, that's, look, a weird, that's a weird thing. Well, uh, 
I guess I, I could imagine where it would come and from. And I don't want to see anybody do that. No, it's not a good story, right? Because you imagine, you know, in the old days when there were no automobiles and your horse died on you, in your rage to get to where you need to be, you probably took it on the dead horse. I, don't you think? That's I mean, that's my story. I mean, A, I think that's dumb. But B, the horse is dead. He's so. dead. But, you know, you're, you've got to take it out on somebody. Yeah. So take it on the dead. I'd rather they didn't take it out on the horse while he was alive. Right. And, you know. But, you know, you also want to make sure that you feed a fed horse. What does that mean? I believe that's just bad. I mean, the horse is already fed. So why would you feed a fed well, horse? Well, maybe he's still hungry. I don't – I think – I think horses are one of those animals that keeps eating no matter what. Right? The, the, the horse would eat itself to death. Is that right? I believe that's true. I don't know. I've never – oh, that's my brother. He's a horse guy. Okay. So there's an equestrian out there in the audience. So we'd like to know that. Yeah. Uh, to bring home the bacon, they're saying to bring home the bagels. I mean, well, it depends. I mean, I'm a, I have celiac, so if they're gluten free bagels, I'm in favor free. of that. Oh, Mike's uh, new Mike's a gluten free guy Are as you? well. There you go. Yeah, yeah. It's not by choice. I'm not being trendy or or being uh, same here, bro. How did you discover that? Because that's a thing. I mean, uh, family history. You know, went for my checkup. Uh, hey, we ought to test this. Uh, really? I, and I didn't have any symptoms. I had no symptoms, and I still don't have any symptoms that I'm aware of. And so, you know, when I went through the entire uh, rigmarole of finding this out and going to the uh, the diet people and telling me what I can and can't do, I'm supposedly not even supposed to think about gluten. The fact that I'm even talking about it now is what? probably, probably <laughs> illegal. So, um, and I said, well, I don't have any symptoms. What 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 should I do? And they said, well, do you want to have symptoms? I said, no. They said, then don't do it. So, what do you think the symptoms are? Because Mike says his symptoms are. It's horrible. He makes I, him cranky. I get a horrible stomach ache too. Well, then definitely don't yeah, do it. Yeah. Absolutely not. The worst thing for me right now is that my skin gets a little blotchy. And honestly, I just, I don't care. Yeah. And you reach a point where it's just blotchy skin. Yeah. It's right. all right. I mean, you know, so have a, I'm have a long past needing to impress anybody with my skin. <laughs> That's a good place to be. Isn't it? <laughs> well, you have a healthy glow, Dean. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's, yeah, it's the gluten. <laughs> <laughs> Dean, always a pleasure. Thanks for being with us. Thanks, man. And we yep. hope people come out to Grove City for the candlelight service this week, 630 and 830 up on the campus. You'll love it. Very nice. Grove City College and Fernando Ortega in town at Memorial Park, December 14th. 7 o'clock. Yeah. It's a free event. Always a pleasure, Dean. Thanks, John. Mike, thank you for being with us here, everybody. Have a great night. My pleasure. With John and Kathy, a production of Word FM and Salem Communications.